It's going to do. Oh, well, here we go. Here we are. Look at that. We're on our first hey. live show. Who's excited? Who's ready? Here's our theme song. Yay. It really cuts off abruptly, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, but like you, when you jump back into it, my head's still going. Right? Yeah, well, that's, that's the theme song the girls and I had from like 11 years ago. Um, I'm going to drop a little secret. Do you guys mind? Yeah. Nobody knows yet. So Karen, Ashley from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the OG, you know, from the original movie, we're, we're filming a reunion, her cat and I, this week. Uh, and Surprise! Okay. Yeah, so not I, I her know. cat, not her cat. No, Katrina no. and I. Right. Um, yeah, so we're gonna not her cat. this week. That's on yeah. fans only. Good clarification. Yeah, yeah. No, well, <laughs> I was I was actually confused. It's because nobody's below Jeffrey today. So anyway. listen, okay. I've been doing TikTok, and you know, you got 15 seconds. So I, I'm like talking so fast. I'm like, somebody's gonna think I'm a crack. I think you can do them longer, actually. Well, you can, but I don't have that much to say. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have enough to go for a whole minute, and I get stressed out. It's very stressful to me. I don't like this whole social media game that you have to play, and then people get very angry with you. Like, I I shouldn't interrupt you. I I apologize for that. I did this little TikTok um, where this dude was, like, losing his mind because his wife, every time somebody comes over, you know, the house has got to be spotless. Which really, let's be honest, is me, right? Yeah, but that's says, nice. Right. So I was like, oh, I'll get him. So I, I I did a stitch with it so that it plays a little bit of the his video. And then I pop on and I'm like, Oh, did nobody tell you your gay friends? We all make fun of you. You know, we're yeah, we're looking all in the corners and we send videos to each other. You know, something to that effect. <gasps> The hate people were triggered. They were so triggered about this. <laughs> they thought you were being serious. Yeah, yeah, they really did. They were very, very upset. They, they were like, "This is why gay friends are toxic." So was like, "This, oh. this is why I love gay people from afar." I'm like, "Oh my god!" So then I had to do another video that was Say like, "Gay people are funny." Recleaning that it was like, "It's a joke." I may have used some expletives in there. Like, it's just a joke. It's Monday morning at 8 a.m. I didn't expect this video to blow up. Oh, my Lord. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. So that was my fun, uh, exciting time this week. So, yeah, I love that I, you can piss people off when you think you're being funny. Right, right. Well, that's, you know, this is my, the whole, my whole life. That's story. like the story of my mouth opening. <laughs> For real. Yeah. So mad over because I was sending videos of your dirty baseboards. Really? And I only have ever done that when the house is truly disgusting. You know what I mean? Like when the Fruit Loops are ground up in the carpet and things. You know what I mean? Like this one time I went to Brian's house. I was snapping a few photos and I sent them to our friend Anthony. I was like, oh, get a load of this bathroom. Just kidding. Not really. See, if you're going to take a video of someone's house, you're pretty sure that's the last time you're going to be there anyway. Well, yeah, because it's that I mean, bad. If you're that skewed out, you're just not going yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's not like normal dirt, right? And the one lady, she was like, I felt really bad because she's like, I try really hard and I have, you know, some, she's got an illness or whatever. You know what I was it's like, babe, I got three kids by myself. Okay, you can't eat off my floors no more. Don't worry. Like, there's no judgment. It was a joke. joke. It was yeah, you get like a different tolerance to how much stuff you let stick to the bottom of your feet before you vacuum once you had kids. Oh, no, 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 sure, no, no, you don't like little crispies on your toes while you're making coffee in the morning. No, 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 I, I'll no, no, I'll come with glue. <laughs> Andy has a rule about that, so he makes he wants everyone in the house to wear socks at all times. Kids aren't great about it, but uh, it's so that. Before they get in bed, they have to remove their socks. So all the things mm. that you might have stepped on during the day. Good rule. Yeah, they don't that, go to bed too. It's a really good rule. That's, that's good exactly rule. what I do, actually. Yeah. I get it, but ooh, I love it. Ooh, no. I mean, I've been. Cleaning. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, I get it because I have to vacuum. If I don't vacuum every day, it's, you know, this house too is all hardwood floors, every both houses. 
So, I mean, it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, there's always something to look at. Except in New York, I can hide it better because they're darker floors. Down here, it's a lighter floor, so you notice everything. Do you even put your vacuum away? We don't. I mean, Dana no. knows. our vacuum just sits in the kitchen. Yeah. No, mine floats okay. around the house. Sometimes it's upstairs. Sometimes it's downstairs. It's just wherever the last place it cleaned was. Can you yeah. see it? It's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's out. See, that's how you know we have company when we bother to put the vacuum away. Yeah, that's the only time when I know the girls are coming over from the hood. Other yeah. than that, I, I, I'll the, mm-mm. Yeah. No, so, but I think for me growing up in an Italian house like that, you know, you didn't have comp I mean my grandmother was nuts, you know. She, it was always crazy. It's hard to vacuum up spaghetti. Clean. Listen. <laughs> oh, that just like oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, or it's, it's, rice. Or rice. Nope. Didn't even like giving children pasta when they were little in the high chair because I can't handle you remember the commercial when they came out with that like saran wrap that could like suction cup to things or whatever yeah yeah like it's the greatest invention ever because it's the only way I can't handle what the kids are covered in the pasta sauce no you used to have a friend that would put the high chair in the middle of a tablecloth like they put a tablecloth on the floor and then just stand the high chair up in the middle of it and be like, hey, here's your food. Because the kid was just such a nightmare with food that it, they would destroy the ground around them. They had like a circle of damage. <laughs> with Anna's high chair, I took all the cutesy fabric off and just stripped it down. So it was just the hard thing. Thank God we went with Anna, though, because we just rolled the whole high chair into the shower. Yeah. Sometimes with the kids still in it. <laughs> <laughs> you're the reason actually why I started ripping all the cloth off yeah, mine like, for daycare I'm like this is genius yeah. 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 we were having dinner though one night and I remember Anna was still in the high chair and I, I could have died because she threw something on the floor and I'm like oh, she doesn't ever do that but you guys were there and you're like I'm like no no and you're like oh no we're not telling Anna no and you're just like this is how we're doing it. And you looked at me and you're like, I don't like it when Anna throws things on the floor. And I'm like, oh, hell no, bitch. She, no, Anna, don't throw that on the floor. That's no. Because I just thought of that book the other day. No. What the hell book was that? I, I don't know, but you dinger. need to burn it. Burn it. Yeah, hit your dinger. You need to burn it. Burn it. Don't you hit my dinger. <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah, no, there was, that was a book. It was like a tr- baby child rearing book. I forget what it was called, where it basically said, instead of speaking directly to your t- child, use eavesdropping for positive I think that's the only time I was like, oh, no, no. Oh, no. I'll be like, no. Anna, isn't daddy so great when he makes dinner for us? So that Andy can hear it while we're in the So you can use it. Work. I mean, he does it anyway, though. No, he does, but I'm just saying, it really is effective. It means He'll just be out there meticulously slicing mushrooms into perfectly evenly like sized pieces. <laughs> just like, yeah, you like my mushrooms? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So, I mean, are we going to dive into how our week has been? Or what do oh, we think? Yeah. yeah. Where are you at on the scale? Oh, let me. Um, now, what's um, happened? I mean, do we want to? Yeah, let's let's rate where we're at, and then maybe we can get into why. Oh God! All right, kids, let's check in. How do we feel? What's your emoji? Yeah, I think I'm probably a six. I'm I think I've been six. sleepy because I don't sleep very good. I was having some weird dreams, like weird dreams, not like out of the ordinary ones, but not great sleep. I'm a little sleepy. Yeah, sleep, sleep has been an issue. We can we, we should dive into that a bit um, mm. after our numbers. Whatever, let me look at that again, Jeffrey. It was, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I keep adding numbers and writing them down. Hmm. I know, well, right? A, a two, a three, a six, an eight, and then I get to an eleven. Because what the heck are you going to do anyway? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a survival mechanism. If you can't laugh at your own suffering, what's the point? I mean, yeah. really? Yeah, so I've worked my way through the scale. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Brian, what about you? 
Oh, I'm definitely a three and a six. I was a four earlier in the week. Yeah. I feel you. I feel so you. when Brian, we didn't talk about this before the show started, but last week we talked about how you were very excited because Briar spent the night in his crib and slept yes. there the whole night. And then I learned the little snippet that that was not repeated. After. Well, no, no, he he stayed in his crib. He just doesn't sleep through the night. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're do, you're still doing the crib like thing, that. but oh, no, he's he, just not. Yeah. No. Yeah, he has to stay in the crib because he rolls now. Uh huh. So it's just not safe for him to be in my bed with me or like anywhere. You know, I don't want him to roll underneath me or something. Yeah. So that's why he's in the crib. But I'm the not same way. Honey. He does. He doesn't really have like a pattern really sometimes he wakes up at two sometimes he wakes up at three sometimes it's as late as like five or six. Oh, those are the worst because you're like he, am i even gonna be able to get back to sleep now uh... exactly exactly See, especially when the sunlight's my, coming up at least my cats have a predictable pattern and that's we, i think well jeffrey you didn't tell us what your numbers are but i think all of us yeah. had six on our scale for sure right we oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I was, six is the sleeping Oh no, I'm not, I'm not really feeling sleepy. I mean, I I, I got a pretty good sleep last night. I'm more kind of uh, <gasps> and the laughy face just over the whole TikTok craze and my children just um, being insane. <laughs> That's redundant. It's like you just said, children, children. Mm, essentially, yeah. 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 So I haven't had sleep either. Uh, it's starting to really affect me. Oh. Um. Andy and I decided we were going to finally take the plunge into season four of Ozark on Friday night. Mm. And the only reason why, oh, the only reason why we didn't just keep watching through the night on Friday was Andy had to get up and go take an exam on Saturday morning. So me too, me like too. Oh, you, you had one too. Yeah. It was like, yeah. it was government exam day on Saturday. So, um, yeah. So, but then on Saturday, we're like, oh, we can get right back into it, you know. We probably watched five episodes end to end. And it was probably 1.30, 2 o'clock we went to bed. Little did we know, Miss Anna had a plan that everyone in the house was going to be served. Oh, breakfast and bed. <laughs> they were going to have breakfast and bed. And so <laughs> I hear this clanking around in the kitchen way too early. And I come out, mm-hmm. and she's got, she's, she's got the eggs. Scrambling eggs, she's whipping them. She's got toast. She's got apple slices. She's got this whole thing going, right? And she turns and she looks at Joe. You're not supposed to be here right now. <laughs> oh, good morning. And she's like, "You should be sleeping. Go back to she's bed. Otherwise, how, how are you going to have breakfast in bed if you're not in bed? I'm like, say no more. <laughs> Just turn around. So then, she she brings me the breakfast in bed, and it was lovely. I was not awake, but then Branson comes. <laughs> How was your morning? He goes, a little scary. Goes, you went in the kitchen too early, didn't you? He goes, Hannah threatened me. I go, yeah. She told yeah. me I had two choices. Either go back to sleep or sit in bed and wait for my breakfast. I said, what'd you do? He goes, well, I waited for my breakfast and I definitely didn't tell her I wasn't hungry. I ate it all. Oh, my God. So <laughs> So I was as a kid, though. My mom had to tell me that I couldn't bring them breakfast or wake everybody up until after 9 o'clock on Saturdays because I'd be the kid that was up at 5 a.m. like making pancakes. Right. I'm I'm with her. Me and Pete. Well, yeah, I want you to have a plan. So, yeah, so that didn't help. Um, And then it's just Monday, right? I mean, Mondays. Mm. Just another manic Monday. Yeah. So, Dana, why are you tired? Oh, just weird dreams. Like, eh, I don't know. I I got, I went out with a friend on Friday night, and then I'm so used to, like, not going out that, like, when I got back, I couldn't go to sleep because I was just like, oh, I went out and I drank a beer, and now I'm back and. I didn't say goodnight to the kids and I was just like thinking about like all the stuff like oh I should have been doing this and I should have been doing this and like feeling mm. guilty about going out and it's like 
I go out like once a month, once every two months. I can go out. They shouldn't feel bad, but for whatever reason, like I just lay there and I'm like, oh, I just shouldn't have gone out. Why did I even go out? Like it was the stupid. Guilt is real. Then, yeah, it is for no reason. It's totally unjustified. Yeah. And then like the other night, I just had some bizarre dream about like haunted crap that I had to return to a mine shaft. I don't know. Like <laughs> that woke me up. That was weird. Like, yeah, it was just bizarre. Like, I haven't been sleeping great. I don't know why. Jeffrey, nice expression there. Um, yeah, speaking of, speaking of weird dreams, uh, I had a dream last night. I went back to college. Hmm. Did you? That's bizarrely on topic for tonight's discussion. I Kelly. know. So for those who don't know, we do occasionally have a chat before that we go live and do the show. I thought, you know what? Why don't we talk about college and, you know, kind of how we got to where we are in life? And then that must have been on my mind because sure enough, when my alarm went off this morning, it was the worst. I woke up in REM sleep, which... If you wake up on a Monday morning while you're in REM, forget about it. You are not going to have a productive day. <laughs> you're just not. Like, you never step out of the looking glass. You're just like... Not without cocaine, you're not. That's when you're no, <laughs> no, no bump this morning, so... All the 80s. Just All the 80s. It was espresso. I remember when I was eight, and I used to do an eight ball. It was right. like the magic day. It was six. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're sick. We're twisted. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, before we dive into this topic, I have to tell you this really crazy thing that happened to me. Right? So I've been getting a lot of headaches, and not just post-COVID headaches, but because my glasses don't fit properly. You know how if they're too loose and they slide, you don't realize it, but you wind up kind of squinting to keep them. Oh, yeah, that, it's, like, muscles in the back yeah. of your head headache. Exactly, mm. or along the side of your ear. So... Today, I finally went and had an eye exam, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I'm going to progressive lenses, the ones oh. that I, you know, yeah, I know. I can't believe you <gasps> just admitted that lie. I love that insurance lady. Yeah. Not, yeah, not, not no, yeah. I wish it was that progressive. No. You're going to get the <laughs> bifocals? No, they're these are like these are like sciencey newness. They're not like bifocals. Yeah, they're different now. So instead of having a line down the middle, it looks kind of like this shape. And I know that it, that could be a lot of things. But um, so what it does is for reading, you're supposed to keep your chin up apparently so that you could read the text here. It's a good angle. Comfortably, yes, it is good because it hides the chin back. So we have to remember to do that. And she's giving me instructions, very helpful. And she's like, now, don't like look to the side. You have to turn your whole head or you'll get dizzy. Like, oh, this is going to be interesting. That's yeah. <laughs> true. I have a whole new thing to learn. So anyway, that was educational. So before I left, I said, hey, I'd love it if you could help me out by adjusting my sunglasses and my, my glasses because they don't fit right and that's why I'm getting headaches. She's like, oh, sure, no problem. So I get home and realize that she did something that destroyed the lenses on my glasses. I don't know. I think they have to heat them before they can adjust them. So now I thought there were thumbprints on my lenses, not these, a different pair. No, no, no. The lens is completely ruined. And I put them on and my, it looked like I was in a fun house. It looked like I was looking in fun house mirrors. Like everything is all distorted. So she must've warped the lens somehow. That's great. It's terrible. So, and I had such a great experience there. Um, and I was thinking, wow, that may have been the best visit I've ever had. Only to come home and find out that my like $600 glasses are totally trashed. Did you call them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For sure. Did you tell her maybe she had no business touching people's glasses? Because clearly she uh, needed to take a class or something. Jeffrey, they'll take care of it. It'll be fine. <gasps> Jeffrey's going to call. Yeah, give me the number. Which place was it? Let me call it out. It'll be fine. Yeah, those progressive lenses, they're no joke. Like Jenny at work, she's got one. I've tried them on. She's like, yeah, yeah, look at my glasses. I'm like, oh, my eyes used to be messed up. I can focus anything. I put her progressives on, and I like looked around the room. I almost threw up right in my lap. I swear to God. It was like being on a roller coaster on acid at the same time. I'm like, Ugh. I had to immediately just give them right back. It was crazy. 
I'm glad I can say I've never been on a roller coaster uh, and acid. I've never been on acid, and I don't do roller coasters, so I, I'm glad I don't know what that experience is like. I've been, I've been on, I've been on roller coasters. It doesn't sound like fun at all. No. It, it, I mean, the progressives, when you're not used to them or know what they are, and then you put them on and you just look around in somebody's prescription, yeah, no, it's not a good idea. Oh, I could I, listen. Just would you get somebody with their Coke bottle glasses and you put them on? And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna throw up. I can't. And then if you, if you had somebody dry heaving next to me, I would have thrown up. But if you added that to the mix of things that was happening in my head, it would have just murdered. Nope. All over. Wouldn't have been able to hold on to breakfast. All over. <laughs> See, you know what I love about you guys? First of all, well, yeah, 20, 22 minutes ago, I was grumpy. I'm laughing genuinely, right? And never expected that by talking about my progressive glasses, we would end up here. So thank you. Yeah. Talking all about right. throwing, doing acid on roller coasters and throwing up and me about to cuss the lady out at the eyeglass place. Well, yes. You know, that's how we do. Yeah. Happy Monday. So, thank you. Oh. You keep going, keep going. I just, um, you know, got to do something. There we go. Oh, right, yeah. I forgot, you know, there's things I'm supposed to do because this is why I don't like being the moderator and things. You know what so, I mean? I don't want to be the director. This is why we have hired help on Thursdays. There's another thing to mention, though. <laughs> because uh, we are live. We are live this week. We are. People, we, we invite you to comment as we banter along and talk inanely about yes all two of you oh yeah if someone has something pertinent to say by all means let's riff off of that yes did you guys see that there was a man mick does anybody know mick uh mick i don't thing yeah he he, he said yo he said yo yo mick what's up i i don't know him hey mick but he's fully vaccinated. Good for you. We'll talk Get more it, about man. that. It's a Thursday topic. Is a there Thursday. you go. You so, did the thing. So college, can we talk about that? Yeah. yeah. All right. So like, Brian, you've been quiet. You're going to go first this time. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to say. So what happened when you were 17, 18 years old and pondering the next phase of your life? Uh, well, I didn't go to college. So I was like uh, in my late 20s. I just worked jobs right out of high school. Yeah. And, so what uh, was your, like, walk us through what was your mindset back then when you were 17, 18 years old? Like, what, what dictated going to college, not going to college, working, not working, whatever? What oh, I just want in your life. I wasn't interested in college. I just wanted to enjoy my life and work. And I don't know. I wasn't really go to interested the club. in getting go to the club, whatever. Yeah, I wasn't interested in that yet. Well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do either. So, and I didn't want to, I'm not like, I don't have a lot of money. I don't come from a family with a lot of money. So I didn't want to just like take out a bunch of student loans and not know what I'm going to do with it. Right. That's why I waited. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you did go, what did you, what did you study? Or did you start with general classes? Uh, my first, the first thing I was studied was psychology. And then before I finished that degree, I switched to, cause this is how I do. Before I finished that degree, I switched <laughs> to um, biomedical technology. Mm. Um, and then before I finished that, I ran out of money. So that was about nine years ago. And I was going to work jobs until I saved up enough to go back and that never happened. So. But are. I, but I still owe student loans. This is how you ended up I this got way. For it. Right. Yeah, this exactly. America, you're the American dream. Look at you. I guess so. <laughs> so if you had it to do again, what would you do? I would have never went to college ever. No. No. So it's going a, to it's a it's a scam. Did you go, all right, from psychology, did you learn any pertinent or useful introspective things about life in general or your perspective from that? Not that I haven't already read in books on my own. Yeah, see, I, that's one I, of the I, hard I, things. I, here's the other thing, too. I also worked in human services, so there wasn't anything that some professor is going to teach me in a class that I didn't learn actually working with human beings. So, right. like... Like, what kind of jobs were you working while you were, like, in between or, like, going to school and stuff? 
Oh, just anything from like restaurant work to non non for profits usually. Usually oh, yeah. my usually my my full time job was working like for a non for profit, and then I would like work like a uh, restaurant job is like you know a weekend job or something like that. Sure. I was I was just had two jobs. So. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, I, it sounds my, like you were still like dealing with quite a few people. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, my my whole thing for college is like, like I went to school to be a biomedical technician. Why do I need to learn art? Why do I need to know how to play the piano? Why do I need to know uh, Western civilization and how it started? Why do I need to know how to read, uh, whether I read Catcher in the Rye or not? I don't care whether my nurse read Catcher in the Rye or not. You know what I do care is whether she took anatomy and physiology or he or whomever. Right. Like, that's, what I, that's what I'm worried about. That, that's why I think college is such a scam because you're not actually there learning what you need to learn. It's not actually training you for a job. It's there to suck. It's, it's to suck the money from you. Oh, yeah. It I mean, really it's a job that. for the people working there. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't really do anything for you. He's got a point. So how old were you when you had your first job? Uh, well, my first job when I was 12 was a paper out. And then when I turned 14, I was able to become a dishwasher. And then when I turned 16, I was able to work in fast food. And then once I became 18, I think is the first time I worked for uh, ARC. So I that's, pretty much started working last That sucks it out of you, man. So for people that ARC. don't know, uh, ARC is mentally uh, handicapped adults. They have like yep. a day and a residential program. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've done all kinds of jobs. I've worked for American Airlines. I've worked for uh, Olive Garden. I worked as a mental health counselor. Nice. So, what was the best part of working at Olive Garden? The breadsticks or the cheese grater? The soup. Oh god, the soup definitely. The soup. Well, the soup, the soup and the breadsticks go together. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the cheese grater. <laughs> Too. And and the cheese grater, yeah. I'll say when you keep going, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not done. Get another brick of cheese. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, that feels good. <laughs> I, I think I think for too many people in America, they're left with a lot of debt, and they have nothing to show for it. So, like, uh, you know, student loan debt make makes up for about two fifths of our GDP. Um. Back in 2008, when the housing bubble crashed, that was only one fifth of the GDP. So just student, the student loan bubble alone is double that. If you add credit cards into that, both of them together add four, add up to four fifths of the GDP. That's 80% of the economy that would tank overnight. I feel like you really were butthurt a lot about your student loan, and <laughs> you really dove into that to really research for solidarity to know. But yes, I have been boned like a vast majority of other people, <laughs> so maybe it doesn't feel so bad. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. Let's oh, be yeah, fair. Yeah. It's, you, you've taken it on the chin for somebody. It's, it's just like any well, other. Well, it's not just me. I, I, actually it, don't no, even no. Know, I, I actually don't even know that much. I know people that owe six oh. figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. don't have a degree. And also don't have a degree. Oh, yeah. So. And what do you have for it? Right. Yeah. It's interesting though because um, so many health issues are also tied to education in different metrics. So um, it's, but I agree, you don't necessarily get everything out of a college experience. But I think keeping keeping people interested in learning and growing is critical for our longevity and for our wellness. You know. Oh, I don't think you need to go to college to do that. that I agree completely. Yeah. I'm just saying as far yeah. as how um, how most people traditionally get there. Yeah, no, I agree it, with you. It's, um, it's interesting. I think one of the big benefits for many people in college, especially if they go away, is that first, first taste of independence, especially if they've lived in a, a household where their parents have been helicopter parents and they've you know, yeah. really done everything for them. They have no idea how to balance a checkbook. They don't know how to, how to do anything for themselves. And right, right. sadly, sadly, it takes going away to college and having being in a position of having to make decisions for yourself and being responsible 
for the consequences of those choices, you know. Um, and not to say that exclusively happens in college, but I think for far too many young people, that's where that happens. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, you're right. It's kind sure. of sad. So, Dana, what's your story? Oh, well, I mean, you know, you get to be 18, you graduate high school. I, I've always like kind of gone with the flow, like just kind of, I assume that what major, the majority of people do is what I should do just because, oh, well, if everybody's doing it, that's probably right for me. So like I got out of high school and I went to community college because I was like, all right, well, like Brian, I'm like, I don't know what I want to be. I, I like to draw and I, mean, I like to make stuff. Like, I, I don't know. What, what can I be with that? Like, I liked music at the time. So, like, my first semester, I went for telecommunication because I like the electronics and, like, I like running cameras and, like, doing the, like, the mixing boards and stuff. And I, I was good at it. But then I reached a point where, like, one of the professors was like, oh, yeah, you can come out of here and take start a job at, like, a radio station or a TV studio locally. And they'll start right out paying you, like, $25,000 a year. And I heard that, and I was like, I, I can do that at Dunkin' Donuts, dude. What? <laughs> I'm going to change my major. So, like Brian, I was like, all right, uh, I'm disenchanted with this. And I, so I switched my major over to mechanical engineering, like mechanical tech stuff, like uh, drafting, architecture, that sort of thing. And, again, it was still community college, so I was only trying to get my associate's degree. And um, I – Got most of the way through that. Then I ran into some problems at home. I needed to find some place to live, and I didn't uh, have any place to go. And I ended up living in my car for a while, so I didn't quite finish my degree. I was really close. I was like one semester shy, and I didn't I didn't finish my degree because uh, I had to just start working. And then uh, I sold cars for a while. And then Brian, you mentioned like the housing bubble and that popped. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't sell cars anymore. Like nothing yeah, could not. get financed and it was terrible. And so then um, I went back to school. There was like a 599 or program or something through unemployment. So I finished my mechanical engineering degree then. And I worked a couple of jobs in that field. Um, they were entry level positions. And I, I mean, I, I, I hate to like say like, it's not my fault. I couldn't do it. Like I, I, I had problems with the jobs that I took. Um, one of the problems being that um, in America, a lot of the industry is just leaving. Like there's just a lot of industrial places where mechanical engineers just aren't needed. So they shut down. And part of the problem I ran into was that the job market was flooded with people that were like five or 10 years from retirement and had like 20 years of experience that were taking entry level positions that somebody like me was looking for just so that they could get to retirement. So like, why would you hire this guy that just finished his associate's degree when you can have this guy with a bachelor's degree with 20 years of experience? Like, so there's a lot of like industrial places that shut down. There wasn't a lot of jobs in the market. Um, a lot of my skills weren't super relevant because they were tied to software, um, like the drafting software and stuff. And because my college happened, the majority of it happened quite a while back. Uh, I didn't have the most relevant software skills. And so, I mean, I had the degree, I mean, I had the paper portion of it, but I really didn't have the experience that a lot of the other job market had. So I just kind of was like, okay, I, I worked a couple of jobs. Um, did, you of them, all the, did you sell all the money? Oh, I did. I did, but I paid yeah. it off pretty easy because it was community college. Like it wasn't, it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. expensive. Like it was like $2,000 a semester. So, I mean, it didn't take much to pay it off. And by the time um, I had the two jobs done that uh, I took right out of college, one of them was just like a $15 an hour paper, paper shuffling job. Um, I couldn't afford to drive to Syracuse for that every day. And so then I took another job where I literally spent eight hours a day, 40 hours a week sitting in a cubicle, filling out the exact two Excel spreadsheets over and over and over and over. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> like after a year, it just, it took its toll on me. And like, they let me go because like, I just, I couldn't put any more effort into it. Like I was looking for other jobs the whole time. Like I was there, like just couldn't find something that was worth 
a human's time. Like not not like I'm better than anyone else. Like no human should sit in an office and fill out the same two Excel spreadsheets over and over again every day forever. That's just not like what humans should do. I'm glad you and, brought that up though, Dana, because it, it does point to different people have different strengths and preferences. Some people love the safety of routine and the predictability yeah. of knowing that their knowledge could fit in a tiny little box and they don't have to go beyond that. And I don't mean that in a negative way. For some people, that provides some safety and reassurance. Yeah. I think for the four of us, that results in mind-numbing dementia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no, seriously, not even and joking. Like, I, no, seriously. I would not be able to function. My, my brain would start to deteriorate if I was in a situation yeah, I don't know how any of you, like, I know you've all had office jobs, you all have office jobs. One, I had one, it lasted nine months. I passed out at the desk, like, full force, head slammed into the desk, and the owner, like, came in from the warehouse and was like, what was that? And I was like, nothing, nothing, because I just literally just, I, I, all my work was done in the first hour. I had nothing to do all day but sit there and wait for the phone to ring. It was horrible. My, my my only office job was the mental health counselor, and mostly I was out in the field, so I wasn't really an office job. Oh, I couldn't. I just no. I got no. to leave actually. Yeah, see, yeah. that wouldn't be so bad. But even that, like, it's so underpaid and underappreciated. Oh yeah, I yeah, can't. Yeah. And two, I think I'm just a person. I don't I don't do well working for other people. Um, I learned that pretty young. You know, so it was just like, mm, I'm going to start my own business. What's yeah. it going to be this week? And I just well, did it. your journey, Ben? So take yeah, it, what's, what's take it back to 17-year-old Jeffrey. Uh, yeah, about, about school, about college. Mm-hmm. School. You know, I thought I was going to be a teacher. You know, I, I was working at the daycare center. I, I was trying to take classes. Um you know, the complicated relationship with my mother that I had when I was trying to get financial aid. Uh, you know, I was young. You know, even though I didn't live at home, you still had to have you it was based off your parents' income or whatever. So mm-hmm. I could not convince my mother that that was the case. I begged her to call the woman to go meet with her, go talk to her because she needs your information. She would not give the information. She kept saying, They don't need my stuff. No, you don't live at home. They don't need it. Would not go, would not call this woman, would not go to the college, and would not fill out the financial aid paperwork for me to go. What? Yes, yes, yes. And now, of course, that, that this... Oh, that didn't happen? It that didn't happen. happen. That Really? Really? No, really? <laughs> because I still have the emails. Like, I printed them out because I'm a spiteful person. You know, I printed the emails out that I had with the lady going back and forth from the community college. About We're not spitefully about gaslit. Well, just gaslit. because, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I knew she, like, what was I supposed to do? And I'm trying to prove to my mother, like, this is, I have to have your mm-hmm. information. Just call her. Like, what do you think? I, I Somebody's got a fake phone number? Like, what do you think this is? What do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> like, what do you think I'm going to do with your information? Like, I just am trying to get financial aid. But I'm so glad in retrospect that it didn't happen. Because if I was a teacher, I'd be in jail. I would be in jail for slapping the hell out of somebody's parents. I was going to say out of the parents. I saw that coming. There's no way. No way. Because the last, like, two years of daycare, I was hanging on by a thread. You know what I mean? And at that point, we had directs. We had the sub shops. So I was not even there full time anymore. And I, I was just like, oh, no, 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 no. This is bad. This is, I don't have a passion for this anymore. I hate children and I hate the parents more. This, it just wasn't fun anymore. And if kids were like <laughs> they were when I started, I would have never, it just, it, it, in, in the 15 years of working with kids, it was a whole different ball game. I mean, it was kind of crazy to see, you know, when you worked with infants and stuff for so many years to, to watch everything shift was very, um, strange to say the least so yeah there was a couple of times where i tried to go back and it just didn't work out and then you know i started my own business i started making and i saw what my friends were going through that now had all these student loans 
with degrees they couldn't use. And then we're going back for a different degree after getting degrees they couldn't finish. Yeah. Well, no, the, the, the few of them, they finished their degrees, but they couldn't get jobs in them because they didn't apply to anywhere near us or whatever in the area. They'd have to move somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, then they'd go back, be in more student loan debt, get a bachelor's degree in something else different from the first degree. Now, you know what I mean? They have $500 student loan payments a month and they're making $50,000 a year. Yeah. Okay. Well, I could do that on my own without a degree. Why, why do I, why am I going to go get a degree? Like, and I'm working for myself and I get all the time off I want. I don't care how mad Kelly got to be for taking time off at the daycare because it was our first big fight. She's like, you take too much time off. I'm like, no, you take too much time off. It was a good one. Um, but I just was like, this is silly to me. Why, why am I going to go spend all this money to go make what you make with a bachelor's degree? That's nuts. And I can stay home. We in my pajamas to get thrown up on. No way. No, thanks. Dana had his hand up. No, I was just pointing at Brian when he was talking about ridiculous student debt. Oh, yeah. 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 It wasn't even Brian though. It was like my cousin got a degree in psychology. A bachelor's degree. She's like, you know what I can do with that degree? She's like, I can wipe my ass with that degree. She's like, I'd like a refund, please. She went back to school and became a dental hygienist because she makes more money. When I, when I, mean, I worked as a when I worked as a mental health counselor, I worked with people who had master's degrees, master's degrees who are being paid minimum wage. That's America. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, so how many Facebook stories do you read that about like? A waitress that's like waiting on a family that's celebrating their kid graduating from wherever with a master's in English literature, and the waiter's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I have that. Would you like more water?" Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was actually talking to my mom about this the other night, and she said, "I I feel like it should be a requirement of all institutions of higher learning to have to have a sit down with every student and say, here's." a realistic picture of your financial future should you choose to get a degree in fill in the blank. And here's and here here here's what the next 20 years of your life most likely looks like. You know, your debt to income ratio, your student loan ratio. Um, you know, what's the demand in that field? Is it Yeah, let alone be... like economic job security. I mean the whole job market's just flipped on its head. Well, like you go from having like no jobs available to a bunch of jobs available to everyone can work anywhere in the world now. Like it's just crazy. Well, they're saying that, but people still can't get jobs. Like yeah. everybody's like, oh, there's no if you don't have a job, it's because you're lazy or you don't want to work. And that's not the case. I know plenty of people that have degrees that have potential, that have talent that cannot find jobs. Yeah. That are either paying what they're worth. Or that just, you know. That's fit. what I'm saying. The job market is just insane. It it's doesn't make sense. Not good. So let's, well, talk about, let's talk about the trades. What about you, Kelly? You didn't talk about your college. Yeah. Oh, we didn't. You're right. Yeah, we just kind of jumped over that. Um, so like Brian, we didn't have a lot of extra money. No one was going to be, you know, writing a $100,000 check for Kelly. Yeah. My parents were awesome. They, um, they agreed to split my loan with me. So they did, um, they secured a, um, a parent loan through the federal government and then the remainder of it was mine. So um, I went to a state school, went to SUNY Geneseo. So it was relatively affordable. My debt payment for 10 years was $225.10 a month. Yes, I still remember that number, uh, which I think is very reasonable considering what I got out of the experience. Um, for me, in high school, I wasn't a very serious student. I was completely focused on athletics. And I looked at going to school as a way to be able to participate in sports. And I didn't take it seriously until college came around because I knew I was going to be financially responsible for whatever I did with it. And that my parents were making a significant sacrifice on an already tight budget to help me out. So. Mm-hmm. My attitude changed very quickly about the importance of education, and I was determined to make the most of it. That said, I worked a lot. Um, didn't see my friends much in the summers, and I think 
think they kind of resented me at times. Like, gee, you're you're no fun. You're never around. So, well, you know, I got to make book money. I got to make pizza money. Things, you know, have, have spending money at college because that certainly wasn't in my parents' budget at the time. And I'm glad it wasn't, honestly. I'm glad that for me it was an opportunity to really be responsible for my own choices, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did well in college. I graduated on the dean's list. Um, I started out like Dana. <laughs> I was going to be a double major, communications and political science. And the more I learned about the, the real deal of communications, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to go. No, I'm, you know, because I, I think I did look at a salary study or something like that and said, okay, not that I need to be rich and famous in my life, but that's not going to cut it. So I wound up adjusting, uh, adjusting my course. So I was a uh, political science major, an English writing minor, and a public relations minor. So I had two minors and one major. And then uh, my junior year of college, we were home on Christmas break, got together with some friends and family, and there were two friends of the family who were three and six years older than me that had already gone to college. And I said, you know, I've got a little extra room in my schedule. I'm going to finish up early, potentially in college. What would you do? What would you go back and do that you didn't do or wish you had done? And they, they both said, do a semester abroad. And that experience alone was probably worth my entire four years of so in my senior year, the fall semester, I spent three months living in England. That was cool. It was fantastic. And I, if I, I don't, do I think college is for everyone? No. Do I think that it should be required that you live abroad at some point? Absolutely. Because. Brian, you lived abroad for a while. No, I didn't. You made some extra money on it, didn't you? Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> see what I did there? It took a minute. I know. You see the wheels turning? Like what? Oh. Uh, so I was in I was in Europe dur- during the end of the Bill Clinton administration and the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Oh, fun! So we were pretty much an international laughing stock at that time. Like you mm-hmm. Americans just take yourselves way too seriously. Like, why are you even talking about any of that? You know, it was just so irrelevant, you know, to most of Europe. And the, the program that I studied in, it was all international students. So I didn't really meet anybody from England, but the other kids in the program were for, from, you know, 15, 20 different, uh, different countries in the world. So it was very neat to be able to study and meet people from all these different cultures. But they thought, yeah, you're, you're Americans. You're too big for your britches. You take yourselves way too seriously. Um, you know, our, our, in the Hollywood in America is what they're like, oh my gosh, I think the movie Armageddon had just come out. They're like, how many freaking times are you going to save the world from, you know, an alien invasion or the end of this or the end of that? So it was, it was very eye-opening for me somebody who grew up in a house that was very proud American and to, to travel abroad and see that how the rest of the world really sees us. <laughs> and I think everyone should have to do that. Really realize. Just get you some friends from another country. We're bigger than a little postage stamp that we live on, you know, and there's, there's more in the world. So. Oh, it's yeah. true. It's so true. Just having the boys on the Thursday show being in Australia. I mean, we have four, people that are in Australia on Thursdays um, and having their perspective on America and especially during the last presidency, it was very, very interesting to hear what people all around the world uh, thought about us. It, it was kind of some harsh, harsh truths. They, I think they, people, they still think about us. Realize. I think Australia probably had the most sympathy for us. I, I was listening to a podcast. They you have this regularly. They would do shows over in Australia, and there was a guy on there. His name was Will Anderson. He was he's a comedian in Australia. He's hilarious. But he was saying he's like, yeah, we've had our share of garbage leaders, and uh, Australia doesn't hate you for what's going on right now. We actually sympathize with you greatly. It'll be okay. You'll get through it. Don't worry. They can't last forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, 
It's, really it's funny. a thing. Well, and it's always surprising to me when nobody will kind of look outside the box to go see what another country um, will think of you. But this is a whole different topic. But yeah, Cal, I think going back um, to college and like trade schools, I think yeah. that. Um, if I can go back and redo things. Well, you could make so much more money being a plumber. Well, I mean, just there's a lot of I would or oh, actually, what I was going to bring up was um, one of the guys I went to high school with was looking for information on where to purchase a real wood bathroom vanity. Now he does a lot of construction. <laughs> exactly, like I want something that's such not MDF garbage and this and that. And he goes granite. He does contractor work for a living. He said, but I don't know where people are getting their stuff. And I don't, I want to buy something off the shelf. I don't want to have to build it or take, you know, a dresser and turn it into a sink. And because that's all cool, but that's not what I'm looking for. I just want to go buy a real piece of furniture. And to me, that was the perfect example of how we don't have people who are learning real things anymore. Like, no, how many real woodworkers are there? You know? Yeah. There's, it's nope. not everything's compressed wood and machine made and made. But then you have the other end of it. Like, are you going to buy something that's going to last you 10 years that costs you $100? Or are you going to buy something that's going to last you and your kids your whole lives and spend $1,000? Exactly. Well, 99% of people are like, I got $100. I can afford that. Well, I was going to say 99% can only afford it. Everything changes now. You know what I mean? You think about furniture right i mean now we'll, we're painting things we're redoing things to kind of try to recycle and reuse it but trends change so quickly oh, look at the furniture and house designs from the oh, 80s and yeah. i mean how do you buy a piece of furniture and justify spending crazy amounts of money on it when you know in 10 years it's going to be completely outdated then you got to go oh, put yeah. it in the garage for 20 until it comes back around well, like 10 I, years I, ago, you wouldn't have been able to convince me that I'd get sick of black iron pipe and live edge wood. But guess what? Now I am. Like, I don't <laughs> want to see it anymore. I'm done. And, and I think those really are like modern first world problems. And, and more yeah. because we are so changeable. We want instant gratification. We want something. We want to buy it. So if I want the thing, I'd rather buy the cheaper thing than, oh, my God, saving up for it. Yeah. What? I mean, as I've gotten older, I definitely appreciate the more expensive piece. And I appreciate the thing that's going to last. Like appliances frustrate the living hell out of me. Um, like the guy, I had a guy come to repair the washer and he's like, yeah, no. He's like, I can't do anything with this. He's like, your best bet now, he's like, is to buy the cheapest appliance you can and just plan on replacing them every three to five years. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. seriously, that's your advice. This is your business. And that's yep. what you're telling me to do? Well, to just plan on replacing it every three to five years? We just replaced our furnace. You know that. And when we, we asked the guy there, came to install it. Said, you know, what's the deal? Why is everything garbage? Well, and he said, well, it's two things. He said, first of all, things used to be built to last. Now they're just built to work. And he said, the second is the materials. So we're talking about a furnace, you know, we're using a le- aluminum instead of steel or mm. heavier things, you know, they, yep. two people can carry in a furnace today, whereas it would have taken 10 and, you know, <laughs> well, I've got the octopus in New York, that huge thing. It's green. It's yeah. from the sixties. Yep. And the repair guy came and he's like, whatever you do, don't ever get rid of it. He's yes. And my electric bill, everybody's always like shocked because of the size of my house and what it is. It's never crazy expensive. But he's like, you'll always be able to get parts for this thing. And it's true. I mean, my friends that have places, they I've watched them in the in, since I've had that house go through two furnaces. I'm like, yeah. I wow. would be in Lowe's dragging the furnace and throwing it at the people. I mean, I'd be losing my mind. I can't. There's no way in hell. No way in hell. I mean, I tried. I got, no. I tried to do the other end of it, like spend a little bit more and tried to get something. Like I, I was like, oh, the environment, whatever. We decided to get geothermal. And 
huge mistake. You know what? Being on the, the leading edge of a technology that isn't widely adopted, that just means that there's nobody that can work on it. And it's still going to break, like, the cheap stuff. And who's going to fix it? No one. No one knows how. Like, I, I, um, I called back in September to get service work done on my water heater and my, my heat pump, like my, my furnace, the heat exchanger. There's like one person within like 50 miles of here that's qualified to work on it that I'm on a list to have them come look at it. But still, I check in every once in a while, like, hey, how's that list going? And they're like, yeah, no, you're still on it. We'll get there when we can. So do you and agree? I was that's been September. No, that's just for maintenance. That's like, I want you to like check the settings and tune everything up and clean things and make, make sure, sure it right. works right. Like, paid, wait a minute. I mean, I'm not trying to get in your personal finances, but you paid like $50,000 <laughs> for geothermal heating and yeah. you can't even, there's nobody that can come fix any of this. Yeah. And it, you know what? The crazy thing is, it's not even the geothermal. Literally, the issue is with the electrical. Uh, the the computer systems that control the dual climate control. So it doesn't have anything to do with geothermal. It could be anything that has dual climate control. There's basically these two computers that control like where the flaps send the warm air, depending on the temperature in the different parts of the house. That's the part that nobody knows how to work on. Because apparently, no, I'm the only person on earth that has dual climate control. Oh. You know, it's nuts. What? Maybe yeah. you need to pick up a side gig, dude. Sounds it, like that's cash involved. Seriously. I know. I'm like, how do you become one of those? <laughs> right. That's what I'm talking about. Is, you know. but here's the problem. But then you, you have to go and take all these extra prereq courses mm -hmm. to go just learn. Like, it's ridiculous that we can't that's just say, okay, I want to go and I want to learn how to edit movies, right? I want to become an editor of movies. Why can I not just go take a course that's going to teach me to do the job I want to do? I don't need to go take a math course. I don't need to go take an English mm -hmm. course. I don't need to go take a science course. I want to take a course that's going to teach me how to edit movies and work on the software. So if I need to go yeah, take a course, it, right. If I wanted to, I don't, why, I don't know. This is insane to me that we're forcing people oh. to spend all that money on a degree to take shit that's not, you don't need it. You don't need if, it. It's not relevant. Yeah. If I could say anything to anybody that is in high school trying to figure out what they want to learn about and what they're going to go to school for, I would express with a full heart that between Wikipedia, forum posts, and YouTube, I learned 100 times more information that was useful to me than anything I had ever learned in my entire history of going to organized school altogether. True. So I, I want to jump in on that because one of the things I, I have a friend who does work in um, higher education and for the most part, th there's two types who work in academia, those who are all about the academic experience. And then there's the realists and the realists who work in academia see what the problem is and that it's absolutely broken. And I think, will be a shift and it's slowly happening where high institutions of higher education are partnering with real businesses. And instead of coming up with, you know, the bachelor's degree, the, the associates, the masters, they're actually just doing real programs, you know, like programs or whatever to say, okay, this, it, this large employer in our community needs, you know, 500 bodies that are capable of doing the following work. We're going to partner with this local college. They're going to teach the classes that we find valuable. So you don't have a Dana situation where you took AutoCAD 20 years ago and no one's using AutoCAD, right? Exactly. So it's in real time and it, you're, you're getting your internships in real time. You're learning what that company is looking for, you know, they're being exposed to what it's like to be in a real life work work environment and what the expectations are and the responsibilities of holding down a job and things like that. And I think that is, um, I think that's the direction that we need to go in. Quite honestly, um, it's the model that we have now is broken. Does it work for some people? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could not be more proud of our two nephews who. Um, 
they're doing amazing work as engineers. They're graduating top of the class in RIT. They have internships with leading edge engineering firms in the world. And but they're the exception, right? That is not going to be most people's experience, you know, and for them, that's perfect. But let's that, not even talk about if you're a minority. Right. Yeah, sir, well, it just we could be moving this along instead of wasting two years and half of that time doing these prerequisites, they could be getting real world experience on the job. So when they walk exactly. out the door, they know how to do Kelly, the job that they want. When when you went to you spent how many three months in London? I used to one of the guys I used to work with, he grew up in London. He came to America when he was 18. And he said that the, they would go to primary school up until they were about 16. Mm -hmm. And then you had your choice. Like you could go on to like secondary school, which is basically the equivalent to like community college and then college, or you could join a trade. And like at 16, you would like join a master craftsman of some kind and you would apprentice under him for school credits. And like he became like a master glass cutter, like working on like stained glass windows and repairing like lead work and like all this historic architecture Ooh. made really good money doing it until he got hurt. But like, that was one of those things like where kids, like you were encouraged to be like, Hey, here's a skill that you could learn. This is your school now, like learn on the spot. Like it was, I don't know why we don't do stuff like that. Well, what? that's my insurance lady. I can't remember what country that she was from, but she said they started an elementary school with children. They figured out what their, you know, kind of what was their lane was. What their strengths are. That's yes. What, and they pushed them life. towards there and then helped them like go towards their career or, you know, to the place they wanted to go. And I'm like, wow, we're supposed to be a, a civilized country, but we're, we can't figure this out. We can't guide children towards what they're interested in instead of forcing them to learn all this. That's, that's what I want well, to bring up. I'm going to blow a gasket. We don't, well, we don't focus on people's strengths. We just keep highlighting their weaknesses and how they're falling short instead of saying, you know what, you you could take this combination of, of skills and strengths and go in, in, in all these different directions. Don't keep grinding away at the things that, you know, your best friend is good at that you're not or your brother. It's, it's not real yeah. life. No, it's not. Well, and a lot of these, a lot of these uh, elected officials too are making a lot of money off of these for-profit colleges. So, like, oh yeah, really subsidized it, everything. It's not that we can't figure things out. It's that we, a few people, make a lot of money off of it, and they're the ones that make the laws. And so, we'll just figure it out later. Well, I mean, one of the figure biggest things. Out bankrolling our whole education system is just getting people from other countries to come to school here. I mean, I'd say probably half of the money that these big Ivy league institution get uh, it's oh, yeah. subsidized through programs that encourage people from other companies to, or other countries to come here to go to college. Like we're paying other countries to come here and use our schools and we're not giving people with disadvantages in our own country the same kind of grants and privileges that we're giving these out of country people. It is the whole system. It's, okay. it's like cap. It's 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 the whole college systems run just like capitalism. It's like who knows who who knows how to run this program this way. We can make money, so who cares if it's ethical? It's just it works. We can make money doing it, especially if you want to jo join the rowing team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's college marketing. You're marketing. You're, you're, a, you're a mascot for this school. Look at this monkey row a boat. He's our special person. This yep. His name's Chris. Chris can row real good. Kelly <laughs> did not think the conversation was going to go here when we talked about this, did you? No, but I'm glad it did. So real quick, because we're, 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 we're going over. But, yeah. okay, real quick. Money's not an issue. Happening in... Um, Dana, we're going to hop in Scott's Wayback Machine for a minute. <laughs> Are we going to Tennessee? We're out. No, we're, we're going somewhere. I think I joked it. Uh, what would you do? Money's not oh. a project. You don't, you know, just a thing you want to do. What would you do? If I would, if I could go back and give myself any advice and straighten myself around, I would probably. I was always really concerned about doing like planning for my future and doing what I thought was the most responsible thing. 
and I gave complete and total disregard for what would actually make me happy at being alive. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've always loved art and design yes, and making things, and I would be a lot happier being poor and doing something that I love than constantly scraping my soul out of the gutter mm-hmm. to push bureaucracy over a desk. I mean, it's just, I, I find little ways to do things that I enjoy on the side to fulfill me to a minimum to keep myself from going crazy. But I really wish that I pursued bettering myself at the skills that I was good at. Because if I had done that all along, right now, maybe I could be making great art. Maybe I could be influencing people, expressing opinions and like making a difference to like a, a, a genre of people that maybe would never have exposure to something like that. I don't know. I don't know where I'd be. I mean, I definitely have a lot more skill and I'd have a lot more fulfillment and I'd have a lot more personal satisfaction with myself. I mean, that's sounds like we have our topic for next week. Yeah. But where would we go, you know? Yeah. Potentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. For real. Yeah. All right, kids. Well, we made it through our first live show. Not pre-taped. And I don't know. What are we on? Like week four? Week five? I don't I've lost yeah, track. Yeah, week four. Four, four. Yeah. Four, Whoop five. Whoop. I don't know. We made it. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on social media. And if you're watching, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, like us on Facebook or whatever it's called nowadays. I don't even know. And then retweet us on the on the Twitters. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Yeah. So, and make sure you share with your friends. You know what I'm saying? Tell them. You know what I mean? We got to pay the light bill. You know, Dana wants to quit his job and, you know, do some art. You know what I'm saying? Make some art. I just took a test for my job. I don't even know if I did good yet. Brian needs to hire a nanny, and Kelly and I need to go to Hawaii. I'm just saying. That's why I need the nanny. (laughs) Bye. Coming with you guys. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Bye. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.